Hello, and welcome to Mash Mouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, Mash. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Ethan. And welcome. Ethan, okay, so I wanted to start out the show by asking you, besides Mash, what other media have you been consuming recently? You know, I I haven't really been in the mood to watch a lot of movies or TV shows lately. Yeah, it's a bit strange for me. Yeah, definitely. You know, I've been... (laughs) I've been trying to get into, like, the Oscar stuff. I've been, like, meaning to watch Power of the Dog, and I really want to see Licorice Pizza, stuff like that. But, like, Power of the Dog just seems like homework to me. I'm like, I don't want to <laughs> watch this. I know it's only two hours, and it's, like, right there on Netflix. But I'm like, no. And I was going to watch it yesterday, but Spider-Man 2 was on just MTV, And I found that on the channel, and I just watched that (laughs) entire movie and was like, man, this is a good movie. That's my... And Kristen Dunst is in that movie, isn't she? Isn't she in Power of the Dog? she is, So that's my Kristen Dunst quota for the short term being. (laughs) Uh, What have you been up to? What have you been watching? So I have actually been kind of prepping for the Oscars. I've been trying to watch an Oscars movie, like a nominee every Friday. Oh, nice. So last weekend I watched, uh, I did watch The Power of the Dog. <laughs> and nice, I told, nice. I was the one who told you to watch it, actually, remember? No, I will watch it. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, I have to be in the right mood for this yeah, movie. Yeah, because I, I, I didn't really enjoy it. I didn't really care for it that much. Um, but Again, then you're in the minority for that. People are loving yeah. Power of the Dog. It is like such a critically acclaimed thing. I don't like, know why. Am but... I going to enjoy this at all? I do not know. <laughs> Maybe I'm just too stupid for it. Uh, who knows, honestly. <laughs> but then last Friday, like this past Friday, I went to go to the movies and I saw um, Cyrano, which technically isn't nominated, but it's nominated for like best costume design or something. So technically uh, it counts as an Oscar movie. And I yeah. thought that was fantastic. I loved it. That's with uh, Peter Dinklage, right? That movie looks yeah. really cute. I don't know who Cyrano de Bergerac is or what like that original story is, but I looked it up last night after you told me you, you saw it. And I was like, oh, it's a musical? I did not know mm-hmm. that that film was a musical. They've really hid that from the marketing. It just kind of looked like a period drama romantic story. But I like Peter Dinklage a lot. I think he's a really great actor. He really is. You know... I think that you would really enjoy that movie, actually. It's better than I thought it was going to be because I, I knew it was a musical and I thought it was just going to be like really sappy and really sad and kind of just like overplay the sadness. But I, just, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was really, really good. Really well done. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll put that on the list. I'm, I'm going to watch all these, these Oscar films, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to probably do it in a very short amount of time. I'm probably just going to like marathon a bunch in like the matter of a weekend. <laughs> and if I'm going to watch the Oscars, it'd be like really mad because the Oscars, we don't have to get into it right now, but the Oscars are like going off the rails already. They have like <laughs> the weirdest host and they're like not showing things on air and I'm really mad about it, but that's for a totally separate podcast. That is for <laughs> the Ethan and Vanessa talk about the Oscars podcast, which we we may or may not do, but anyway... Before we get into this episode, I think it'd be weird not to mention that Sally Kellerman, the actress who originated the role of Margaret Houlihan in the Robert Altman MASH movie, 
passed away recently at the age of 84. And I'm not super familiar with any of her uh, work outside of the MASH movie, but she originated the role, so it'd just be weird not to acknowledge her. Yeah, it was really sad when you told me because I hadn't even heard about it. Like you said, she passed away at 84, and I didn't know also that she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for her role in MASH as Margaret Houlihan. That was so cool. MASH, the movie, which we will talk about at some point, I think we're going to do a separate like bonus episode, was such this critically acclaimed film. Um, I think it like ran the table. I think it got like every mm-hmm. nomination it could have. And, you know, good for her. And I hope that she had uh, a really long, interesting career. I'm going to look more into it after we're done recording. But rest in peace in 84 is is a pretty good run. Yeah, definitely. May her memory be a blessing. Sorry, Sally Kellerman. But I guess we should get into from this sad topic onto today's episode, which was definitely more light and fun and happy. This one was super fun. I quite enjoyed this one. Yeah, me too. So this one was called The Long John Flap. So in this episode, there is this cold stint. It's definitely seasons change winter and this pair of long johns that hawkeye got from his dad from home becomes this really hot commodity and it changes hands like so many times so through a series of uh really crazy funny mishaps hawkeye's long johns get passed from one person in the camp to the next to the next to the next and so on and so on and it's really really it's a great episode it's very fun and uh this one is the first episode written by alan alda the first of many yes I have so much to say about this later on. (laughs) Yes, we're going to maybe spend a half an hour on Alan Alda (laughs) writing this episode alone. But yes, this episode is super fun. It's such a simple concept, but it gets so much out of it. Yeah, it's really good. I I really enjoyed this one. It was funny, but in a really, really like subtle way of just like this comedy of errors kind of way almost. Yeah. I really liked it because it wasn't like super hitting you with the jokes every second. It was kind of like Tuttle a yeah, little bit, how yeah. that one was kind of like an escalating house of cards building up and then collapsing mm-hmm. kind of thing. It doesn't <laughs> It doesn't go to the extremes that, that Tuttle yeah. did, but it has that similar energy of just this one thing kind of ricocheting into something much bigger and much Mm -hmm. more weird than you would imagine based on the first scene. This show is really good at escalation and how the characters play off of an absurd situation and like make it to be this like larger than life kind of thing. Yeah, I have to agree with that. And to get into the episode just a little bit, I noted that (laughs) in the first scene, it's kind of like poking fun again at the military and just the military bureaucracy when Radar is burning papers for warmth. (laughs) He's like taking copies of old orders and stuff and just like throwing them into the furnace with Henry. And then it's also... um, Henry starts writing to the supply unit in charge and asking them for you know winter supplies because it's kind of they're kind of suggesting that they just got the summer underwear and mosquito netting and stuff it was really funny i thought that that was 
there's a really like subtle dig at it and i i liked it i liked it a lot bureaucracy man it's always a good punching bag (laughs) no matter what what system it is so then after that we cut to hawkeye and trapper coming out of the mess tent and i don't know if you noticed this but hawkeye and trapper are walking out and Trapper is bundled up and he's like really cold and Hawkeye is fine. He's like not in a blanket or anything like that, just a hat and his normal clothes. And he was singing and his mouth was not moving. It was like so obviously a voiceover. Oh my God. I don't know. Nice ADR moment. (laughs) It was so funny because it was like Alan Alda's face was on camera like full on and his mouth was not moving as he was singing it was so funny <laughs> oh i didn't notice that <laughs> i i was not paying close enough attention oh that's really funny i love stuff <laughs> like that because adr i thought you would uh, notice dialogue replacement where they like dub in more dialogue is such a common practice but i love when it's always just a little bit messed up i love when you can <laughs> tell uh, that's super fun. I might rewatch this entire episode just to see. <laughs> it was really funny. I was laughing like harder than I should have. I don't know. I love when shows mess up stuff like that. I just think it's hysterical. I feel that. I feel that. I, that's a big joy for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> so we come to find out that Hawkeye is dancing around and singing and stuff and not feeling the cold because he has a pair of long john underwear that his dad sent him. And Trapper is sick and just, like, coughing and sneezing and stuff, while Hawkeye is like, I am nice and warm. And I thought that was really funny. What I loved about this underwear for this entire episode is that, first of all, it's just, like, a pair of footy pajamas, basically, if you don't really kind of know (laughs) what long johns are, because they, they don't, they're not super in fashion right now you know especially like the one piece ones (laughs) yeah it's just like a pair of footy pajamas you put underneath your like regular clothes more or less it doesn't look like a super thick uh garment right it just looks like a kind Mm -hmm. of pajama-esque thing and i love that anytime anyone puts these on throughout the episode the second they do they are completely fine like the cold (laughs) is no more just because of this one thing they have like not they don't need uh anything else they have this and they're like okay we're good and i love <laughs> that it's kind of magic like that yeah it's really funny it's definitely it, i feel like it's a little bit overplayed for anyone who's worn long johns like and they keep you warm but they don't like block out the cold <laughs> from your body you don't have like a fortress around you when you wear long johns <laughs> but this is how they're acting <laughs> i i really liked how that was played yeah it was funny <laughs> so trapper is like trying to basically dying. kill Hawkeye. yeah dying. <laughs> you're right he is kind of dying so it's established that trapper has a cold and he starts sneezing and is trying to like basically guilt Hawkeye into giving him the long johns. And of course, Hawkeye does because yeah, he's too he's... nice of a guy not to. Hawkeye is kind of like a jerk sometimes, but he's always got the... Because <laughs> how this starts is that he's like singing and joking and like, haha, look at me, I've got, mm-hmm. I've got the good underwear. And then the, like the second that... Trapper, like, doesn't let up with his, like, routine of being like, oh, woe is me. He's like, (laughs) oh, fine. And he just throws it to him. And 
And Trap is just like, ah, thank you. Uh, just immediately is all good. It was funny because Trapper was supposed to be sneezing, and these were like the worst fake sneezes I have ever heard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was they were so awful. bad. But it, it was, was really so funny. funny. Do you want to run your your hot inflation calculator for a second? Because first, Trapper <laughs> wants to to buy the the underwear off of him, and he first offers twenty bucks, and then like thirty and forty and fifty, and it grows and grows and grows. Mm-hmm. And I just want to know how much was twenty dollars in the year of our Lord nineteen fifty? Because I imagine that twenty bucks went a bit further than it does now. <laughs> Oh my god, $20 back in 1950 has the same buying power as $233. Oh today. my god. That's I know like how crazy. A lot is that? of money. <laughs> and then eventually he offers him $60. And his children, by the way, for the and long time. His dumps. children. I didn't know that Trapper had children, by yeah, the way. He does. I did I knew he was married. I didn't know he had a whole family of <laughs> man. Two girls. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, Trapper's not the best dad and husband. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> That's not really a hot take. I think I've said that like seven times on the show. <laughs> but um, so $60 back in 1950 has the same buying power as $699 today in Yo. 2022. Yo, that's some valuable underwear right there. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. So the next scene is Hawkeye, Trapper, Radar, and just like a throwaway character playing yeah, just poker. Some guy. So Radar bets like $20 or something like that, which we've already established a lot of money. And Trapper says, oh, I want to play, but I don't have $20. And so he bets the Long Johns instead. Hawkeye freaks out. Hawkeye As you naturally out. would. He's like, you can't bet my long johns. You can't bet my long johns. And Trapper is like, no, like, I, of course I'm going to win against Radar. It's Radar. He's a kid. He doesn't even know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to play. And so, okay, I have to admit, I don't know how poker works, really. Oh, I have no clue. So- <laughs> I have no earthly idea how poker works. I would be the easiest to scam. Yeah, <laughs> like, we'd be Radar in this situation, right? <laughs> so... It turns out that Trapper thinks that he wins, and Radar has two pairs. Like two two pairs of tens, and apparently that yeah. equals a win, which is just so ridiculous, because the second <laughs> he realizes he won, he, like, already goes for, like, the buttons yeah. on Trapper's underwear while he's wearing them, like, all right, strip, buddy. That's basically what he says. Yeah, as Hawkeye and Trapper are, like, yelling at each other because Trapper just lost the underwear, he, <laughs> Radar is pulling the underwear like, off of getting, Trapper. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It's a bit of a tangent, but have you ever, like, lent something out to a friend and then they just never gave it back or, like, gave it to somebody else? Because I I can't name a specific item, but that definitely happened to me a few times in my life, (laughs) especially during like elementary and middle school. I would like lend out video games or whatever, and it just, they would never make their way back to me. (laughs) I feel like I have, which is why I don't lend things to people that much anymore. (laughs) But I can't think of a, I can't think of a time. But I feel like it's happened to everybody, which is why this episode seeing this was so traumatic. so relatable. (laughs) (laughs) After that, Mr. Radar kind of becomes king of the camp for a hot second there. Yeah. They're in the mess tent and Radar is like sitting next to this this beautiful young lady. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how did that happen? And Radar is like, 
I've got the goods. I've got the I've got the stuff, man. And he's showing this lady his underwear. Like, you want it? And she's like, oh. That oh. sounds so gross. <laughs> like, just the way you said that, showing this lady his underwear, ew. I'm sorry. I guess we should clarify. Okay, so I also had an issue with how no one was actually wearing the underwear for half the time. Like, the long johns for half the time. So, Radar mm. had them in like a package basically and was letting the nurse who he was sitting next to like warm her hands in them essentially and i was like why is he not wearing them currently like what what is is he not cold yeah did he suddenly just not get cold anymore i don't know and i love that radar this this little innocent man immediately is like i'm gonna hawk these like there's no tomorrow i'm gonna like (laughs) i'm gonna use this as leverage i'm gonna get something out of it he doesn't even (laughs) care about being warm so in this scene this nurse is like kind of interested in radar we don't know if it's like just for the underwear or if it's not for just for the underwear that's what i thought but i wanted to think that someone was interested in radar but whatever So then the cook says to Radar, like, you know, I can give you this this whole leg of lamb for the long johns in exchange for the long johns. And Radar is kind of like looking at the nurse and looking at the lamb. And so he's like with the mint jelly included, which is really gross. I don't know why you eat lamb with mint jelly. jelly. Okay, But the cook says yes. And so Radar trades the long johns for an entire leg of lamb and i thought that was so cute because to me it just showed how really like innocent and young radar is like i have this thing but i am hungry so i'm gonna eat this good food instead because the woman was 100 percent like going to spend the night with a radar like that kind of thing <laughs> so he he's a man who knows his priorities he's like I want the food? Food. Yes, food. Oh, food every time. <laughs> you, and I, I got to respect really that. that. What a what a what a true champion being like I got I got food. I don't, I don't care about you. <laughs> <laughs> so in this next scene, we have the cook in possession of the long johns. It's a big chain. Every time anyone gets the underwear, they're immediately like, "All right, I got like I love this." But also they lose it pretty much immediately. It's it's, yeah. it's a whole roulette. <laughs> so the cook has the underwear again, not wearing them. I guess because he's in the kitchen, it's kind of it's warm. It cuts to Frank and the cook in the kitchen. And Frank establishes that he came into the kitchen, a place where he does not belong, to get warm. And then he's giving the cook a bunch of grief about the kitchen not being like as clean as it should be in like standards and i was so annoyed that was such a frank burns thing this is maybe frank's most unlikable episode so far (laughs) i'm not even exaggerating like i low-key hated frank this one just how kind of incessant he was uh he had no like real redeeming qualities in this one i didn't like him (laughs) That's a bold statement because Frank wasn't even in the episode that much. But can you think of a, a of another episode where he's less annoying than this? Yeah, that's true. I I, I think you have a point. I do think you have a point. <laughs> I concede. <laughs> but I also noted when I was watching the episode, did you notice that Frank was like, bef- right before the cook gave him the long johns because the cook 
says to Frank, oh, I have these long johns. Please don't bust me for the kitchen not being up to cleanliness standards. Like, what a jerk. But Frank was, like, rubbing his ass by the fire to get warm. (laughs) Did you notice that? It was very weird. (laughs) Man, you keep noticing all these fun Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Well, I guess I just wasn't paying attention to this one. Man. So many, so many good gags. I'm just picturing that in my head and and laughing at the thought. Uh, It was very strange. Like, I'm sure it was supposed to be his back, but it really didn't look like it. (laughs) Sometimes you gotta rub your butt on the stove, man. Sometimes desperate times call for desperate measures. Oh my goodness. So, after- And this is what I'm talking about with with Frank being the most annoying, because right after this, right after he obtains this, this magical underwear- he goes to Margaret and they have their, their annual date and Annual. Just, That's not what that is. <laughs> and they have their the usual date and like he's just such a jerk to her the entire time. It was so mm-hmm. like unneeded. It wasn't fun. It was so mean, honestly. He was so mean to her the entire time. Yeah, so in this scene we have Frank and Margaret just like, you know, just hanging out and stuff. And he says that this cheese that they're eating together, his wife sent it to him. And she basically says to Frank, like, how much do I mean to you? Like, what is this relationship to you? And I I, I really enjoyed this scene for a couple of reasons. Because Margaret always gets mad that, like, whenever Frank mentions his wife, right? And we've yeah. seen it before, like, where she, like, kind of goes off and cries. But I think it's really funny every time she does, as if, I don't know, that he is going to leave his wife for her, someone that he kind of more or less just met six months to a year ago. I know what you mean when you say that he was being mean to her, because, like, he's a jerk, right? But I thought that you could really see how Alan Alda was the writer of this episode, especially if you've seen more of the show later on when he takes more of a creative, um, takes more of the creative reins of the show where he's writing and directing. Because when Frank mentions his wife in this scene, Margaret doesn't do her typical, like, gets weepy and stuff like that. She kind of stands up for herself in this one where she says... You know, like, Frank, what do I actually mean to you? Like, where is this relationship going, basically? And Frank just gives her, like, these these empty platitudes of, like, oh, I, you mean the moon to me. You mean the world. Like, all yeah. these sweet nothings that, like, literally mean nothing. And she's just clocks right through that. And I think if this wasn't such an episodic things-can't-change sitcom and he didn't have this mm-hmm. magical underwear, like... This would have been (laughs) the end of their relationship. Like, if this progressed to the logical point that it was, uh, this would have been the end because he just didn't have an answer. She even says, you know, Frank, I think we should reevaluate our friendship. And he, you know, freaks out. And I'm like, yeah, because she's realizing that this married guy is never going to be or anything more to her than or she's never going to be anything more to him than just like someone to get through the army and the war with. And I don't know. I really I Alan Alda kind of took the reins later on, like I said, and made Margaret's character more fleshed out and like more of a human being. And you can see it right away in this first episode that he wrote and i i really really appreciated that and i wish that they had just broken up right then and there (laughs) 
Feminist King Alan Alda. I wrote that in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> like all caps. So I was like Feminist King Alan Alda. But again, like what I really also enjoyed about this was that while she was standing up for herself, she was still kind of in character and it was still like funny and kind of lighthearted. Yeah. And I thought that, I, I don't know, I thought that Alan Alda just did such a good job with this specifically. And a you talented can see it. man. A talented we love him. man. We, we stand a king. If I may use that <laughs> that that parlance. <laughs> so yeah, basically Margaret threatens to break up with Frank and then he's like, oh, I'll give you my long johns if you don't break up with me, which like, okay. And this was also Frank being such a jerk too, because he was like, when you're in a relationship, like partners are supposed to like share with each other. Like if I had long johns with my significant other, I would like... Do you want these? In this very specific scenario. Oh my god, it made me so mad. And she legit yells at him for like, I'm freezing to death here and you're sitting there fine. Yeah, you have long johns? Again, magic. Like, the the second you put these on, you're like, alright, I'm good. Uh, so he's like perfectly fine and she's like dying. I have to note also, so... After Frank leaves Margaret's tent, because she does kick him out, she's like, get out of my tent, but leave the Long John's, which, yes, it's it's really good. Feminist king. (laughs) Then, when Frank leaves Margaret's tent, obviously very cold because he didn't have Long John's on, Klinger kind of like stages this (laughs) stick up. (laughs) Oh, he legit was going to shoot him in the face. (laughs) Like, he has a shotgun and was just like ready to blow Frank's head (laughs) off. If this was anything other than an episode of the week sitcom, you would feel real danger. Because I was like, <laughs> yeah, he probably would have got shot. Because Claire, I feel like he would pull the trigger if he was so pressed <laughs> to do so. So we see Klinger just kind of come out of nowhere and hold up Frank and tell him to like strip because he wants the long johns. And Klinger is in this very spring dress. It's like short sleeves, short, and he's in high heels. He's not dressed for the season at all. And he acknowledges that. Yeah. And then you can tell that this is like super early on with Klinger's character too, because as he goes on, he gets like seasonally appropriate women's That's clothes. And fantastic. I love that. I love it so I much. I love that. And I love that even right away, like they establish that Klinger knows what he's talking about when it comes to dresses. It's not yeah. just like, like, it's not just things that he's pulling together. Like he knows uh, all these like brand names and like the different components in like a way that like I don't know he like has an actual knowledge of dresses and I, I like that bit. Clinger is a fashionista. You don't gender does not equal fashionista. <laughs> Move over, Harry Styles. We got. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, he's a no. <laughs> So then Frank basically tells Klinger, I don't have them anymore. Major Houlihan has them. And Klinger steals them out of Margaret's tent because, again, they are not on her body. Yes. What the heck? Everyone covets these long johns, but no one actually puts them on. (laughs) What the heck? That is such a stupid comedy of errors thing, too. Yeah. Where it's like, finally, the gold is mine. And then they do nothing with it. (laughs) This episode's perfect. I'm just going to say it. This is a perfect episode of comedy television. (laughs) Even like the stupid stuff. You're like, this is stupid, but it's funny and like works for the plot. This structure, I feel like really ages well. Yeah. Like this could be a Shakespeare play. I have trivia on that later on. We'll get to it. (laughs) 
So Klinger obtains these, but he immediately feels, like, awful. Which, maybe I should retract my previous statement that Klinger would shoot him in the face. (laughs) Because he steals his underwear, and he's immediately like, oh, never mind. And he goes to Father Mulcahy, and he's like, hey, I did a bad thing, but the person I stole them from also kind of sucks. So, like, what do I do? (laughs) And Father Mulcahy's like, eh, it's fine. Well, not, he's not like it's fine, but he he ends up taking the underwear. I really liked this scene because, I don't know if you noticed it, but Klinger was behind this, like, rope mesh thing, and he calls Father Mulcahy over, and it's supposed to, like, kind of be this like makeshift confessional because Klinger is confessing basically that he stole these long johns what should I do and he gives them to Father Mulcahy he's like here take them I feel I feel so guilty and I felt so bad for Klinger also in this scene because he felt bad for taking them he is scared of the artillery that's you know getting closer and closer to camp every night and uh, I just like really felt for Klinger in this moment and I thought that Father Mulcahy was just like the perfect character to be like it's gonna be okay it's fine like at least you're doing the right thing and giving them back <laughs> and uh it ties into i believe it was Klinger's real introduction when in dear dad he's like he's gonna grenade frank uh father mulcahy talks him down so they do have a pre-established kind of relationship with each other and it's it's very good it's a it's a smart dynamic between the two yeah i really like it i love these two characters so much and I'm so I'm so excited for them to get more screen time later on. Yes. Yes. I think this is the episode that really makes Klinger like he's going to come back and he's going to be yeah. a regular guy. Because I think this is the first time we see him outside of um, like a dear dad or a one minute introduction cameo in that poker episode way back when. So Klinger, he, he's a he's a man of the people. He's here to stay. Yeah. Every time Klinger gets reintroduced into the early episodes, he has like longer and longer scenes. And I'm just I'm excited for for more of his character to come. So then Father Mulcahy eventually gives the Long Johns to Henry. And I thought it was really funny <laughs> that Father Mulcahy took it upon himself to wear the Long Johns to like keep them safe. Uh the night prior when Klinger gave them to him before releasing them to Henry and saying, oh yeah, go find the rightful owner. And Henry was like, oh yeah, sure, I'm gonna definitely do like, that. Nope, this is the most corrupt Henry ever is. He's, uh, <laughs> he's immediately like, I have the I have the one ring. I'm Gollum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Henry, um, Henry reassures Father Mulcahy that he'll definitely look high and low for the owner of these long johns. He asks Radar after Father Mulcahy leaves, you know, Radar, did you lose anything? And Radar says, I don't know, like, did you find anything? And it's just like, oh, I guess you didn't. Okay, that's it. So he has this plausible deniability that he, like, actually looked for the owner of the long johns. Oh, couldn't find them. Okay, I'm keeping them. I thought that it was just... It was a very quick little exchange, but it was mm-hmm. so funny and so well done. <laughs> it was such a power grab. He's like, I'm not, like, these are mine. I'm not giving them to somebody who, <laughs> like, actually needs them or actually belongs to. 
And so right after that, we get Hawkeye and Trapper bursting in and Henry is just like finishing buttoning up the long johns. Oh, and he like fully strips down and like Radar is like watching oh, him yeah. and is like, <laughs> oh, Henry's in, but like half of him's hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> I kind of like wouldn't want those after that if he's like, if his naked body's against <laughs> them, but you know. It's cold, you need them. So then Hawkeye and Trapper are basically like, Henry, give those back to us. Like, that's, they're that's mine. not yours. They're ours. And Henry all of a sudden, like, is doubled over in pain. And you're like, what the hell is going on? And you come to find out that Henry is like, his appendix is on the verge of bursting. I love and a I random like, appendicitis, baby. My mind was blown because I'm like, Henry is a doctor, a literal surgeon. And he was like, nah, nah, it's just indigestion and I'm throwing up constantly. But it's definitely not my appendix. There's nothing wrong here. I was like, really, dude? You're a doctor. Listen, man, as someone who has had their appendix taken out, it can hit fast and hard. You don't, you don't know what it is. He, he was just like, oh, whatever. But no, it, it really no, does happen no, that I way. Don't, I don't accept that because Henry's a doctor. He should have taken more care. He should probably care. know the symptoms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, it could just sneak up on you, my dude. It's a, it's a wild thing. I guess so, but I, do, I, don't give, I don't give Henry that much credit because he should know. When I had appendicitis, fun fact, I just thought it was because I ate too much smart food popcorn. I just thought, <laughs> yep, I ate too much of that, and now my, my tummy hurts. And that was Aww. apparently appendicitis. <laughs> So I got my appendix taken out the next day. So Henry has very sudden appendicitis. And Hawkeye and Trapper kind of immediately drop the the gambit for the underwear. Mm. Because they go into surgeon mode. Which I really like. I like whenever there's something serious, they do operate very professionally. I think it's very good and very smart. And they're immediately like, we gotta get this out of you. Uh, So they take him to the OR. And he's like freaking out. And it turns out the reason he's freaking out isn't that they're going to cut him open. It's that they're going to cut the underwear open in the process. And he's like, no! (laughs) It's a great karmic justice because Henry (laughs) is maybe the most corrupt in this episode when it comes to the underwear. So he gets the biggest punishment being his appendix taken out. I also liked, I don't know if you caught this, but... In earlier episodes, Henry said that he can't stand the sight of his own blood. Yeah. And he says to Hawkeye and Trapper, he's like, Don't give me a needle. Give me the gas. Yeah, because I, I don't want to see I don't want to see any blood. And I thought that that was a really funny callback. I don't know if it was intentional, but I noticed it. I bet Alan Alda's is smart like that. I feel like he pays attention <laughs> to that kind of thing. But, yes, uh, yes. I relate to that. I, I prefer gas over injection uh, whenever I had surgery or whatnot uh hate needles needles are bad so I I related to uh Mr. Henry on this one (laughs) give me the gas every time so then there's an announcement over the loudspeaker that Henry's okay and they also didn't have to cut into the long johns and everyone cheers and I was like yay (laughs) it was great because I think it was radar on the speakers I'm not sure who the speaker guy is if that's a separate character you know I've never looked into that I really need to I'm going to (laughs) okay but the the announcement says that Henry is father to a bouncing baby appendix, which (laughs) was insane. And then he says, also, the 
Long Johns were saved, and they all congratulate each other at what heroic work Hawkeye and Trapper does or did. And they feel like heroes, and they retire to the tents. And Mr. Henry, grateful, gives our heroes back what they deserve. Yeah, so it does come full circle where Henry... I I also really liked how Hawkeye had every opportunity to kind of like steal these Long Johns back from Henry, and he just didn't. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was kind of cute. But it does come full circle where Henry gives the Long Johns back to Hawkeye as like a thank you for saving his life. And then right at the end, Trapper and Radar start like sneezing and coughing again to try to get Hawkeye to give the Long Johns to them to like warm up and stuff. And Hawkeye is just having absolutely none of it. He's just like, nope, get out of here. You guys, you guys are done. And the way he screams no is like a horror (laughs) movie. He's like, oh, God, they've returned to kill me. Like, he is so (laughs) invested in screaming no, 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 over and over again. It's delightful. and It's great acting from Alan Alda, too, because he is like, absolutely not. You really believe that Hawkeye is just like, no way in hell I am giving you my long johns. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. And that's where the episode ends. So before I go into trivia, did you have any favorite lines from this episode? I didn't think it was great for one-liners, but I have some that I really enjoyed. Um, I don't know how how problematic this this line is. Oh, I know what you're going to say. I <laughs> loved it. It was such an insane insult. Because when Hawkeye sees that Frank has his long johns, he calls Frank a hermaphroditic weasel. And it was... <laughs> The most insane insult I've ever heard. Like, if somebody said that to me, I would not know how to respond. Like, what a, <laughs> what a, what a thing to say to anyone. And he really said it, like, without missing a beat. Yeah. It was very, like, right there. <laughs> yeah, like, he's been wanting to call Frank a hermaphroditic weasel for, for years and years and years, and finally... <laughs> He's been given the opportunity. Yeah, I don't think the term hermaphrodite is, like, a nice thing to call people anymore. But this this insult was just, like, it kind of shocked me. I was not going to lie. I just didn't expect that to come out of his mouth. That was a line. My favorite is... I wrote so many down. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I, I had a couple. <laughs> when Hawkeye and Trapper are bringing Henry into surgery... They pass Radar when they're coming out of Henry's office. And Hawkeye says, we're cutting him open. And Radar goes, just because he stole your underwear? <laughs> like, really shocked that this is going to be Henry's punishment? <laughs> I thought that was really cute. Radar sells that really well. It's yeah, his he does. delivery that makes it perfect. Man, this episode is really good. This is a super fun one. I love this one. I liked it, too. I liked it a lot. So I do have some trivia for it. So this was Alan Alda's first time writing an episode of MASH. And like we said, he's going to be writing a lot more later on. And so when I was researching it, Alan Alda said that he borrowed the structure of the episode, like kind of this thing being passed off to multiple characters from this play called Lever. I don't know how to pronounce it without like being super French, but La Ronde. And um, (laughs) it's actually a German play with 10 scenes 
where each of the characters appears twice in like two consecutive scenes, much like this episode. So like how it went from Hawkeye to Trapper and then Trapper to Radar and Radar to, you know, the cook. That's how this play is. And it follows the same structure also where it's like the last person and the first person are in the same last scene together. So like Henry gives it back to Hawkeye. That's how this play was. And I thought that that was just really cool. Yeah, I really liked that. I love that this episode is a deep cut reference to some German play that no one (laughs) has. I mean, I'm sure that people have seen this play because like any play is like regarded, you know. I love how Alan Alda kind of took creative control of the show as it went on. He wrote a lot of episodes. He directed a lot of episodes. And it's just super cool. I love to see that kind of involvement from any cast member of any show when they're like, all right, I am legitimately invested in this production. I'm not just here to say my lines. Like, I want to also make a good product. It's really cool especially that this is only season one and he's already like getting into the the writer's room and kind of bringing his own sensibilities to it yeah i definitely think that you'd be hard pressed probably to find an actor who sticks with the show for so long as as alan alda had he stayed with it through the entire run who didn't take on a more creative role I just, I don't know. I think that that's really great. I, I really, I really like Alan Alda as, uh, as an actor and also behind the scenes too. I thought he did a really, really great job with this episode, especially being his first. Yes, this is a fantastic episode to start with. It is. And I also have a little bit of trivia about the, the actor who played the cook, which I don't think he was named unless he was named in the credits. I don't really know. But the actor who played the cook, his name was Joseph V. Perry. And he has 184 acting credits on IMDb. Oof. He was in hundreds of, like, it, it was crazy. He was in so many TV shows, so many movies. Amazing. So he had some guest starring roles on Bewitched, I Dream of Jeannie, The Barney Miller Show, and then some more mainstream things where I guess he was a little bit more well-known on Cheers and Murder, She Wrote, Seinfeld, and MacGyver. And then Man, this he guy played... got around. Yeah. And so then he played what he's most known for, this character, this recurring character on Everybody Loves Raymond called Nemo. And he played in that role until he passed away in 2000. So he was in a lot of stuff. Really crazy. I've never seen Everybody Loves Raymond, but I am legit a big fan of Ray Romano. I think he's a (laughs) fantastic actor. If you haven't seen The Big Sick, watch that film he's really good in it so i do want to see everybody loves raymond to see him in like (laughs) his like standard sitcom mode because i want to see him evolve as a performer (laughs) so that's super cool i love anybody who's like all right i'm gonna work for 50 years and i'm gonna have a million billion credits and everything and i still have the episode open and it is to the guest star credits, and he is just credited as the cook. So he doesn't have a name. Okay, okay. But that is, that is super cool that he uh, had such a long and interesting career as all these different characters and all these different shows. Yeah, for sure. So just to wrap up, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob Rubalco for being our technical consultant, Melissa, my sister, for cover art, and of course, our listeners. Thank you so much. Music, social media, and contacts for the show are linked in the description, as always. And until next time, choose a leg of lamb over a lady, of course.
Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everyone.